good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to our inaugural episode of Mules and Goats. I am a goat, class of 2013. Um, here's just a quick disclaimer. Um, the things said on this podcast are the uh, thoughts, emotions, um, ex- uh, exclamations um, of uh, ourselves, and it is not in any way affiliated with the Department of Defense, United States Navy, United States Army, United States Marine Corps, or any of the services, or any of the service academies, West Point, Annapolis, Coast Guard Academy, uh, nor any of the affiliate organizations, uh, the Minority Association, um, or the Alumni Association. Uh, these these thoughts, uh, feelings, emotions, and um, uh, exclamations are all our own um, and are not the responsibility of them. Uh, also, for those who might be listening with viewers of younger ears, um, th- some of the topics may take an adult turn and you may hear an expletive or two. Uh, however, we will do our best to keep it to uh, only the necessary ones. All right, back over to you, G2. Awesome. Uh, I'm uh, George Bowman Jr., uh, class of 1989 of the United States Military Academy. Uh, I am the ultimate mule. Um, The Mules and Goats uh, podcast is a bi-weekly adult lifestyle podcast celebrating, dissecting, debating the finer things of this universe. Um, there are a lot of negative voices out there uh, in the universe right now, and we decided to give a different perspective on life, um, our daily lives, and different subjects. So I'd like for you to join us on a biweekly basis. This is episode one, season one. Um, so with that, uh, today's agenda, um, we, uh, there are other co-hosts. There is one other co-host. His name is James Leroy Bowman. He is a bear. He's a graduate of Missouri State University. Uh, he is uh, out on a guy's uh, weekend golfing and uh, drinking and, and having a good time with his classmates from Parkway North High School. Um, so what's up, James? If you can join us, fine. If you can't. Um, and then we also have uh, a uh, editor slash fact checker, uh, Kimberly Brooke. She's a uh, you know, spending time with a friend whose uh, relative passed away. Uh, and with that, our episode uh, today has, um, I wanted to start, we're going to go out of order because of timing. Um, I'm a big on predictions, uh, being able to see around the corner. Let's talk about SEC football right off the beginning there or college football. Uh, there are three late games tonight. They uh, probably just kicked off. I'm trying to get um, some feedback. We're going to review. The first game is Miami Clemson. It's played at Clemson. Um, it's probably going to be raining there. It's about 69 degrees. The line is Clemson at 14 and a half over and under is 60. Uh, George, what's your prediction? What, what are your thoughts on the game? I think that if um, Miami gets out the gate fast, that the game might be interesting. And every time Clemson scores, uh, Miami has to score or else this game's going to get away from them really quickly. So um, I think that Miami uh, hasn't really been tested yet. Um, And um, I think that 
their best football may be in front of them, but I think that they're about to hold this L um, because whenever you give up 34 points to Louisville, um, I know you're not ready for Clemson. So um, I think that, that, that they're going to bust the over under at 60, but I think they take this L at a, at a score of 48 Clemson to 35 um, Miami. So you think they're going to cover um, and you're taking the over. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm also taking Clemson. Um, I, I think um, the score will be completely lopsided. Uh, again, that also depends on if it's raining there. I know it's raining in Virginia. I have to look at the weather to see if it's raining in the uh, northern part of South Carolina. Um, but I think the score is going to also be um, – I'm going to say it's probably going to be more like 50 to 25. Um, I'm also taking the over. Okay. Uh, next game up is the Alabama Old Miss game. Uh, they're playing in Oxford. You got Lane Kiffin and the old ball coach uh, of uh, Nick Saban. The uh, line is Alabama 23 and a half. Uh, the over and under is 74. Uh, what, what's your pick? What's your thoughts on the game, George? So I know Lane Kiffin's going to pull out all the stops to try and impress Nick Saban, as well as give Mississippi, uh, Ole Miss, the Rebels, a chance at hanging close. But um, I don't think that Ole Miss's defense has the ability to contain Mac Jones and all of those fantastic receivers and backs that they have. Um, I look for this to be a one-sided fight. It'll be over by the second quarter. I'm thinking somewhere like a score of 42 to 17, um, and they will not uh, achieve the under. Excuse me, achieve the over-under. So you're saying Alabama, 42-17, and you're taking the under. Yes, sir. All right. I, I'm going with uh, also with Alabama. I, I think it will be uh, 45, again, 25, um, and they will absolutely cream. I'm taking the over. Uh, wait a minute. The over is 71. Let me see. 74. It went up. It was earlier today with 71, so it's now 74. So, yeah, I'm thinking 60, 70. No, oh, that's under. Wow. Wow. Can Lane Kiffin can put the score up. Let's go uh, 35. Uh, I think they're going to cover. I think um, that Ole Miss will cover, but they're going to lose. So, very interesting. Next, uh, Florida State, Notre Dame. What are your thoughts? Florida State's been an embarrassment. They'll continue to embarrass, just like my Falcons. And uh, Notre Dame's going to roll, and they're going to continue – to make a case for being number five, even though I think that is completely exaggerated. Um, I don't think that they should be ranked more than number 11, but I don't think so. Uh, get to stay there just like back anti Teo and, and uh, hang in the college football uh, playoff rankings. But, you know, they're, they're going to roll over a very defeated uh, Florida State team. Um, okay. Yeah, and I, 
Uh, I'm not sure if you said the over under, but if it's I'm sorry, it's it's sorry the uh, no it's the line is the line was at, at around noon. The line was 21 points. The over under is 53 and a half. Yeah, they'll bust that over, and uh, I think I think they'll cover the spread. Um, I think the score is going to be very similar to the uh, game last week for Florida State, 55 to 10. Okay. I, I think uh, also uh, Notre Dame. I, I do think – however, I think uh, Florida State's going to cover. Um, I, I think it'll more be like, you know, 35 to 30. I'm not impressed with Notre Dame. Um, and so I think it'll be the over. You're taking the over also. Okay. Um, but I, I think they'll cover, though. Uh, very interesting. Some of the highlights from the earlier games, uh, I'm not sure if you had a chance to see them, but uh, Georgia defeated Tennessee. Thank uh, God. I watched that game. And uh, Tennessee actually, um, you know, they were 2-0, and and they were uh, doing really well. And they, were, they held Georgia in the first half. I thought actually Tennessee was going to upset Georgia, and, but Georgia continued to pound them. Georgia's defense is very impressive. Um, their offense is not as strong, but their defense is very impressive. And so they have a great special teams, great defense. Um, Kirby Smart has their team, uh, their defense in, in position. But that offense can get, uh, you know, clicking. It, it'll be uh, a force to be reckoned with. Um, Auburn beat Arkansas 30-28. Uh, Texas A&M beat Florida, uh, 41-38. Of course, that was a major upset. Florida was uh, ranked uh, fourth in the nation. Um, you know, it, it's uh, Texas A&M is trying to bring their program back. Uh, Kellen Mond, their quarterback for Texas A&M, uh, apparently all week he's been challenged to, do, you know, get the ball downfield. He's been basically, you know, tucking it and running. He, he should have, uh, you know, in previous games, been getting the ball downfield. This game, he absolutely did it. Um, when you see the highlights from that, it's awesome. I don't know if you got a chance that you, you didn't see that game. No, sir, I did not. And to me, the, yeah, yeah. When you get a chance, check it out. The um, the other game that I think is interesting. Uh, many years ago, I, I lived in, um, you know, as an army brat, I lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I started following the University of North Carolina. And it's always been a, um, a basketball school. North Carolina is ranked eighth in the nation. They're 3-0. They beat Virginia Tech 56-45. Fantastic. Um, when you get a chance, take a look at that. So, And then in the spirit of uh, you know, transparency, I wasn't going to mention it, but Missouri beat LSU today 45-41. Uh, major upset. The game was moved because of the hurricane. Um, they LSU agreed to move the game to Missouri, and it it played. It might have played a factor in in the outcome because uh, LSU couldn't stop Missouri's running game. It's amazing. Forty five twenty one. You look at it. Uh, Miles Brennan, Brennan, the quarterback for LSU, thinking that he was going to do well. 
you know, he scored four touchdowns, but still, uh, LSU had nothing for the running game in Missouri. So when you get a chance, check it out. And then the last big game was the Red River Classic, Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma beat Texas. Texas was ranked um, huge. I, I am so happy that college football is back. Um, I wanted to start out with that because of the late games, and I wanted to get the predictions. So when you get a chance, check out those So um, LSU didn't have a 100-yard rusher, which is not LSU offense at all. And Miles Brandon had to, had to throw the ball 48 times. Mm. Wow. wow. And uh, Missouri had 180 yards of – rushing and their quarterback uh connor bezlaic threw for 406 yards so um that was a fantastic day for uh, missouri for sure 45 41 and then uh texas uh they've been they've been suspect for me for years sam ellinger at the at the helm they've dropped the last two games um at any time where you have Sam Ellinger running the ball 23 times for 100 yards, so that you can, so so that you can try and win, and 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 he has to score four touchdowns there at UT, which is supposed to be a major powerhouse recruiting uh, team, and none of your backs show up. Um, I think that's just a recipe for failure. So them losing to Boomer Sooners, I think, was inevitable. Um, and then. Um, Navy is beating Temple right now, uh, and Army squeaked by the Citadel. So I don't know why they were ever ranked. Um, I noticed how you conveniently left that out, that y'all almost let the Citadel beat you. So I was waiting for you to put your commentary in before I went to the Navy game and the Army game. So I watched the Army game also, uh, you know, with the dual TVs, uh, the Citadel. Um, they have a different height weight standard clearly than the army. If you watch that game, the Citadel, the, the Citadel has several 350, 400 pound linemen. They are huge. Still the army rushing game. It was just a ground and pound. Um, and you know, the, the, the better team prevailed playing at Mikey stadium. Uh, fantastic win for the army team. Uh, we'll see how Navy does against the Citadel. What, what'd you say the score was? Let me, let, 13 to uh, 9. Let's take a look. You guys tried to lose really badly. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Pay attention. I mean, you Pay guys trash. We won. So it's okay. All you guys do is play high school. So. Okay. So already you, you off the rails here because a win is a win is a win. And I'm not quite sure. We are four and one. And as you look at it, the Citadel is not a high school team. Um, they, they're a respectable institution in the great state of South Carolina. So, um, you know, you may be careful. Choose your words wisely there, uh, Mr. Goat. <laughs> Um, thank God that we have new drugs coming online that have been tested that are helping to re- All right, let's go. Let's, let's get back on the agenda. Um, talk to me about uh, 
because uh, you know, for you listeners out there, we, we have uh, sports is normally later in the agenda, but um, I wanted to get to these uh, absolutely get to uh, the, the scores. Um, let, let's talk about, um, you know, this is 2020. Uh, I remember New Year's of this year thinking, hey, this is going to be a great year, 2020, new decade. Um, and here we are in the middle of the pandemic season. Um, I just want to take a few minutes uh, for it. I have some ideas and stories from COVID in my world. Um, talk about COVID-19 briefly uh, for a few minutes, George, in your world. Um, COVID-19 has been... Um, an interesting hurdle. Um, I was, I, I, I think it's interesting that we waited until March to shut down um, when we knew about coronavirus back in November and December timeframe. Um, here in Virginia, where I am, um, we, you know, a lot of things closed really quickly. Um, and, then Virginia started doing non-Virginia-like things. What do I mean by that? Um, if you've ever been in Virginia, you know that uh, you know to-go cocktails uh, are a never and a no. Um, that delivery of alcohol is a no and a never. Um, but they realized that all these businesses were losing a lot of money because they could because people couldn't come in and drink and so they started allowing people to take to-go cocktails which is you know if you would have told someone in Virginia that you know 20 years ago they would have laughed at you um the um the not being able to go sit down and eat uh not being able to go to the movies um you know, not being able to go shopping and, you know, all the normal life things, you know, you find yourself inside of your own four walls a lot more. And it, and it, and it, and it kind of forced me to uh, focus on some other things. Um, so at work, um, you know, I have to get temperature checked. Uh, I wear a mask all day um, because uh, you're not allowed to be inside of DOD buildings without uh, a mask on. Um constantly reminding people to put on their masks. Um, and then, and then I think something that's, that's most interesting is, um, you know, when you, you know, I am now very cognizant of, of when someone else is close to me. Cause I'm like, because in, in my head, I'm like, Hey man, give me my six feet. Uh, and, and I don't think I've ever thought about that ever before. And then also you just think about like, you know, wearing a mask is something that is commonplace in a lot of Asian countries. And so over here now in America, will it continue post-COVID? I think for some people it will, because when you think about it, you know, people, you know, we have been packed in like sardines into many different businesses, establishments, entertainment venues, all breathing all over each other, coughing all over each other, sneezing all over each other. And I think masks are, are here to stay for a while, so. That's been COVID-19's impact uh, on me. Buying a house with COVID-19 was interesting. Um, I wasn't able to share that with my girlfriend. It was just uh, me going in there and uh, signing the papers all alone. Um, very interesting. Okay. 
thank you for sharing. Um, I, I just wanted to be able to, to get some thoughts on that. Um, you know, in, in corporate America, I work for a manufacturer. Uh, I, I'm the senior guy on site and um, being concerned about all the employees and managers, both hourly and salary folks is um, it, it's actually like you have this big family of people and you're concerned about every one of them because you need every one of them to maintain your business, but you also want them to be not just healthy for the business, but healthy in their lives. Um, I, I, I could talk probably for about three hours on this, but I'm going to talk about a, a story that was shared with me yesterday that just kind of made me step back and say, what are we doing in our society? Uh, one of my managers is an avid hunter. He has several hunting dogs. Uh, all He has uh, probably, uh, in his estimate, almost 100 different types of weapons, whether they be bows or shotguns or rifles or handguns. And he goes hunting probably on, he goes on hunting trips three, four times a year. During this year, this time of the year, he normally goes to South Dakota to go hunting. And uh, he goes with a group of guys that he's been going with probably for five years. This year, he decided not to go because of family issues. The other guys went. Uh, and they normally rent a hunting cabin and then they go into the local towns or town and they buy groceries bring it back to the cabin and they normally cook and eat whatever they buy. They don't spend time in the local town. They spend time together in the cabin and then they go out hunting. Well, this group of five guys, besides my, um, my coworker who stayed home, um, they went into town, but they were really hungry. And so instead of, taking the food back to eat they left the food in the truck in the rental car and they went into a bowling alley and uh to get a bite to eat and they peeked into the bowling alley and nobody was wearing masks and so they did they again they're from ohio and everybody in ohio is wearing masks to go into any type of establishment they decided to remove their masks because they didn't want to see they didn't want to appear as if um they were from out of town and then have the local folks look at them differently uh, or the local folks to treat them differently because they would absolutely know that they're out of towners hunting on their land or bringing in masks into their area. Long story short, they go in there, they eat. The bowling alley was packed. The restaurants was packed in the bowling alley with people and uh, they go in, they had a good time, uh, ate, Bold, uh, came back to the lodge. They hunted for that week. Uh, when they came home, uh, some of them were symptomatic. Some of them were, weren't, but all five of them had COVID-19. They ended up tested it. All five of them tested positive for COVID-19. I then wake up today. I was told this story yesterday. I wake up today and you look at South Dakota and where they were hunting and South Dakota is spiking with COVID-19. Um, and these people, according to my, my coworker, 
he's like, these are all really uh, professional people. These aren't, I mean, these are uh, managers, doctors, lawyers, business owners that were on this hunting trip together and they knew better, but because of the perceived perception of wearing a mask, uh, they decided to take theirs off and now they're all sick. And so their lives are affected by COVID-19. Um, why they decided to take their mask off, whether you agree or disagree with their logic. Um, but that this is the world we're living in where um, an invisible uh, virus or um, disease is inflicting its will upon us. And it, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to me. I've, I've never experienced this. Um, I wasn't around in 1915 when the, the Spanish flu was here. Um, but this is an incredible thing. And to look at people who in March, when you told them, hey, we need to start thinking about wearing masks. And in April and May, we decided to wear a mask. And we did, decided to put those COVID protocols in place. And to now here we are in October and there are people that when you're going into packed or inside buildings and you're not wearing a mask, to me, that's irresponsible. That's dangerous. I don't care where you are. And so um, it, it just, it, it's a, it's a, it gives you pause. It's an epiphany that, of, of absolute gigantic proportions because I don't like wearing masks. Um, I'm probably a little bit overweight. So when I wear a mask and I walk around, I sweat a little bit more than I should, but I wear it because I want to make sure that I'm healthy and that I don't infect my family with any type of disease. And so it, it's, uh, it's an amazing, it's amazing time. And they politicize uh, a virus. Um, when I say they, meaning our culture, our um, the U.S. culture right now is politicized it completely, and we need to be focused on the science of this and taking care of one another. So, um, you know, it, it's it's amazing, and we, we need to to be careful. We need to be safe and smart, and. Um, Sure, there's going to be a virus, but you've made a, a very good point, George, about um, masks and um, in other countries here wear masks. I've, uh, in, because of the military uh, and previous jobs, I've traveled to a lot of different places and I've absolutely been in airports and seen um, many different cultures wearing masks. Um, I thought it was awkward and I, and I probably looked at them sideways at them wearing masks, but I understand now. Absolutely. I do. So, um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that, George, I, I just wanted to talk about COVID-19 because it's here. It's real. Um, whether I think want it to be or not. the fact that they felt the social pressure, they thought the social pressure was more burdensome than the health of themselves. Like, like they said, I don't want the social stigma. I want the COVID. 
And that was an interesting choice that they made. Um, and I hope that they're able to be healed and get through it without, you know, any sort of complications or, or, or they don't infect anyone. Um, but that's crazy. It, 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 it really is, George. Uh, it, it really is. I know these people. And these people are regular good people but they made the decision to not wear the mask. And the only reason why they made it is because of the social pressure. Reduce the uh, effects of COVID, but um, yeah, it's a situation we're in. Okay. Um, like to transition to uh, another topic here, uh, and it's on voting, uh, and you know the, the idea that we need to to vote early and vote now. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, latest news line headline about um, the basketball star Shaquille O'Neal uh, voting for the first time, but it, I thought it was very interesting that you know here it is, this very successful man. Uh, basketball star who has a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and he's working on his PhD or he has his PhD. Um, I forgot. Uh, I'll have to do some fact checking. And he has never voted. He's worth over $300 million and he's never voted until now. Um, and so, you know, if, if anyone in the future, uh, George, if you have not, please vote either by absentee ballot or voting in person. Vote early. Um, I voted in, um, I try to vote in the primaries and the actual general elections every four years. Um, and when I can, I try to use the absentee ballot um, process to vote. I think it's very important. Um I think thoughts? voting is for people that need to vote. Um, I think the American dream does not include voting. And here is why I say that. If you are rich, right? If you are Shaquille O'Neal rich, right? The person in the Oval Office doesn't necessarily impact your day-to-day -day life unless they pack some new tax reform that allows you to write off something new. And traditionally, you have an accountant who is doing, who, who you are paying a handsome amount of money to interpret all of those laws. So, um, I, so I'm not surprised that Shaquille O'Neal never voted. It was probably never really a priority for him. Uh, because he's very well off. And I think that if you were to look across a lot of the famous people and you were and 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 uh, very, very wealthy people, I think you would find a very large contingent of them do not vote or have not voted um, because they just don't need to and they don't care to um, because domestic policy and, um, you know, local municipalities doesn't impact them the same way that it does the average everyday American. Um, 
I have received my absentee ballot. Uh, I intend to vote and uh, send that in. Um, and uh, I'm very excited uh, to have the right to vote. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we, you know, once election day is over, uh, we will at least have some civility. I, uh, I, so again, episode one, season one, episode one of Mules versus Goats. Um, already, uh, you have given me, um, the, a, a whole different, like, matrix flip. Um, I, I had never thought of it that way. And I've heard it said that way, and I forgot until you just reminded me. Uh, Boone Pickens, uh, in a CNBC interview one time, was, uh, they were asking him about um, a CEO and his investments um, and I distinctly remember it was Boone Pickens or one of the other panel members said something that stuck with me and you just kind of indirectly hit on it. And what he said was, um, he said that the expectation of the CEO is that he or she is able to navigate regardless of who is in office, that he or she is able to look down the road and position the company to still be financially viable, profitable, regardless of who is in office. That's part of their job, to manage that risk. And what I heard you just say that, and, and to, to give a general reminder that um, whether we like it or not, we absolutely have a class society. Um, and people at the higher end of, of, of that class of, of our society uh, they're able to influence the vote via con campaign contributions. They're able to influence the vote um, by uh, public speaking and appearances. But the fact that if they vote or not, it doesn't, to your point, impact their net worth. So it's not as important. So uh, as a professional basketball player, as a... Um, you know, as a businessman, voting did not matter um, or wasn't as important to Shaquille O'Neal. But I think what has happened is, is that because of the social unrest that's gone on and that, that, that's occurred over the last year or two, that um, rich people are being drawn into the conversation. They're being drawn into local issues. And so voting is one of them. Um, and so how do you impact local um, business, politics? How do you impact uh, the overall society is, is to vote. And so when you see, it's more of, he, Shaquille O'Neal voting is more of a symbol, meaning he, you see him vote, and then other, the goal is to get people like Shaquille O'Neal to be the, um, I won't say poster child, but to be the example of what you should do. And so um, 
but very interesting point, George. It's important that we should vote, but you're right. Um, not that he didn't care. It's just that it didn't. Voting hasn't impacted his bottom line. Um, very, very. Interesting I have one more point on voting. Um, so, I don't know if you saw sure. this, but Michael Vick was finally able to um, become a legal voter again, um, and he partnered with a uh, with an organization um, that um, basically uh, helped him process his paperwork. And they did it publicly so that other people who were felons paid their time, paid their fines, paid their fees, and then now uh, earn their right to vote back. Um, and so I thought that was a really big deal. I'm very happy for him. Um, you know, 100% disclosure, I'm a Michael Vick fan. Um, and we can discuss that at length if you would like. You know, hate me for it if you want, but that's just my perspective. And I'm, and I, and I'm, and I'm very happy for him getting his right to vote back. Um, interesting. That is, uh, I did not see that. Thank you for bringing, adding that to the conversation. That is uh, absolutely should be a, a topic of discussion for a future episode. Um, I am also a Michael Vick fan. The, um, we, we could talk about this later because how he was treated um, and the length that we, that our, that local officials and some federal officials went to prosecute him, uh, I think was unwarranted. I think that what occurred on his property is unfortunate, but the fact that he is now um, restored as a legal voter is fantastic. That is a win. He is absolutely the poster child for being able to uh, get your vote back, so to speak. Um, I'm happy that you they owe him a lot of money in my opinion. He's an uh, example for that. Okay. Yes, they do. All right. Next, um, let's uh, let's jump to uh, your your sport, uh, baseball. Um, baseball is uh, for me taking a backseat, you know, and I'll, um, I'll say it. Um, I think baseball is, um, uh, owes some people, some respect, two things. One, um, anytime we talk about baseball from now into the future until Pete Rose and Barry Bonds are in the hall of fame, uh, I, I probably won't really watch a baseball game. I probably won't, um, spend time, uh, about baseball. I think baseball is a great sport. I played baseball. I think the professional baseball is, um, is, is too, I'm going to say two faced it. Um, I, I think that um, they're unfairly punishing these guys and these guys, uh, regardless of gambling, regardless of steroids. Um, these are two of the greatest baseball players ever. They should be in the hall of fame. Um, so it's just my opinion, you know, whether or not, uh, this makes the final uh, cut of this episode. I just uh, I just don't watch baseball. However, the Atlanta Braves are in the uh, yes, sir. They are playoffs. Yes, sir. They are. Uh, I'm that. hoping that my Braves can break the <laughs> Atlanta curse. 
if you're not from Atlanta or if you're not from Georgia, you you, you may not know this, but we are cursed. Um, and, you know, the Falcons couldn't get it done. Braves couldn't get it done. Despite years and years, uh, Georgia can't get it done. Years and years and years of talent and talent and talent, you just know that they're going to disappoint you at some point. Um, and that's just been apparent. Um, uh, and so I'm excited that my Braves are facing the Dodgers. I think that we got them. I think that our young talent um, is going to take care of business and we're going to get out of here and get into the World Series. And there is no one on the other side that intimidates me, not the cheating Astros um, and whoever comes out, Tampa Bay or 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 the Yankees. So be it. We have sluggers. We got defense. We got great pitching. I'm excited. Um, we're going to get it done. Darn it. We're going to get it done. I'm so excited. So um, for you listeners out there, baseball um, is also subject to the pandemic. They've decided to move the uh, the baseball playoffs to neutral sites to try to put them in a bubble to sustain the games. So the Dodgers versus the Atlanta Braves will be played in Arlington, Texas. And then the Tampa Bay Rays versus the Houston Astros will be played in San Diego. Uh, game one of the Astros uh, Tampa Bay game is uh, Sunday. I hope the Tampa Bay that, sweeps them. That game. I think, uh, I think that the Houston Astros should have had okay. their title stripped from them. And, um, I and and I hold no love for the Houston Astros. Um, so I hope Tampa Bay sweeps them 100%. Okay. So game one is on Sunday. Um, whether we like it or not, the Houston Astros are the World Series champions. And I think they're going to beat Tampa Bay. And I think they're going to go back to the World Series. Um and it will be great theater. What better way to have people watch the World Series than the Houston Astros go back to the World Series and everybody root against them? So just my opinion, Houston will win that series. Uh, and, of course, I, I take it that you, you got uh, the Atlanta Braves over the Dodgers. Uh, <laughs> um, I am also an Atlanta Braves fan. Um, back in the day before you were born, there was a guy by the name of Dale Murphy, Bob Horner, that played for the uh, Atlanta Braves. You can look him up, George. Um, I, I was there in the stands. Me and your uncle and your granddaddy were in the stands uh, watching the Atlanta Braves before. There were times when there were nobody in the stands. And we would buy basically general admission tickets and then be able to walk down front at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. It's amazing. And uh, over time, they've um, they've built up the Atlanta Braves franchise into a great franchise that it is. So I would love to see Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves break the curse and win the World Series. So I'm picking Atlanta also in that uh, over the Dodgers, even though the Dodgers have a great team. Magic is still, you know, a minority owner for them. And he is helping them uh, recruit some great talent there. Um, and of course they have a good business model there. So 
Okay. Um, any other uh, parting thoughts on baseball before no, we move on uh, to the next half? I think that the Braves are going to beat everybody, and that's all that matters. <laughs> all right. Uh, and next episode, what I would like to, to talk about and make sure we uh, – We'll we'll review the game. The you know game one is on Sunday, and then for um, the Houston Astros versus the Tampa Ray, Tampa Bay Rays, um, the Dodgers Braves are on Monday. Um, I would like to take a, an in depth look at the Atlanta Braves roster next episode. So look forward to that. Um, next, I'd like to transition to basketball. Um, the uh, look, I'm gonna go ahead and um, say it. Uh, I know LeBron made the right pass and I know he did the smart basketball thing, but he should have just gone up strong and scored with seven seconds left to go. And you're down one there. I said it. Well, first of all, I appreciate you saying that out loud. Uh, there are a lot of people that have either thought that or said that under their breath. But um, the pure basketball player in I me mean, says that absolutely LeBron made the right pass. Because if Danny Green, if Danny Green would have made the shot, um, we, it, it's, he's a hero. I mean, LeBron is, 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 he made the right shot and he, he made the right pass. There was, he, the, the respect that was given, that would have been given to um, Danny Green, everybody would have celebrated him um, in that, for making that shot. There are a lot of people that respect LeBron for, for a lot of players that respect LeBron for making that pass. Um, to green um, because if he'd have made it, they'd have won the game. And, you know, we'd be talking about, you know, LeBron winning four championships, the Lakers back to the, their winning ways. But now we're talking about game six and, um, you know, in our predictions for game six. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, sports fans, Laker fans, and heater fan, heat heater heat fans around the world. We got the game six coming up on Sunday. What's your prediction? What's your thoughts on the game? Um, you know, part of the conspiracy theorist in me says, "Hey, this yep. is all planned because the Lakers should have won." But the Heat, I mean, are Jimmy Bucket, so is very interesting. In my opinion, he's getting the respect of people that weren't giving him respect before, but I have always been a Jimmy Buckets fan. Um, you know, people wanted to talk bad about him at all the different places he's been. And I've, you know, I think that he's been playing with a chip on his shoulder. Like he's got something to prove. And uh, I am, I am very, very satisfied with his level of play. Um, and I think a lot of people are learning just how good that he is. So um, kudos to him. I, I also think it's funny that they have uh, 
they've they've tainted the Mamba black jerseys now because they were undefeated with them, and uh, now now they are defeated with them. Um, so I think that we'll see them in the standard Laker gold uh, for Game Six, and uh, I think that LeBron will get it done. Um, but I. I, you know, I thought you were going to mention it when you said conspiracy theorists. Uh, I think that they just wanted to get a little bit more money. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think the money matters. Um, I, I don't think the money matters. There, there's oh um, my god, some oh some my god, it's been- calls that should have been made. Um, you know, there was some miss miss calls that were made in favor of the Miami heat that should have been for the Lakers and uh, that weren't. And that, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't think as far as money for the players, nah, I think the players are actually ready to get this over with, get out of the bubble because uh, go back to their regular lives. But um, Miami is wants to stay in the bubble as long as possible because you're right. They do have something to prove all of those uh, Miami players have a chip on their shoulder, you know, Pat Riley and, and Spolster that, that is what, um, that's how they recruited them. That's, that's what they want out of them is that grit. And Jimmy Butler is the epitome of that. Um, Tyler hero, same thing. Duncan Robinson undrafted out of Michigan. Oh my God. Um, oh my God. Disrespecting he that, is, that, that young man can in shoot, my opinion, play basketball. Wasn't I think in a year or two, um, someone's going to pay him a lot of money because he's going to. Because I hope they do, unless somebody's somebody tries to deal with Miami is going to pay him a lot of money. So, yeah. But you got to remember, a lot of money to him. He's, um, you know, he's the on, on the lower end of the NBA salary cap. So uh, a lot of money to him is $10 million. He's, I think he's not even that. So, um, yeah, but they, they have a lot of guys on the Miami team that I think that um, you'll see. Um, you know, you, you talk about the Eastern Conference. LeBron is not there anymore. Miami has become – they've come out of the East in 2020 during the pandemic. But if you look, people are already looking towards next year to say, okay – KD and Kyrie are healthy, that they're going to come out of the East or that Milwaukee is going to figure out, figure it out. And they're going to come out of the East or Boston is going to get They're, they're going to be more mature and they're going to come out of the East. Uh, Do you know how I'm picking in the East next year? Miami. That's who I'm picking. <laughs> if I'm picking somebody in the East next year, it's Miami. Because like I always say in any type of uh, battle, you want people that, have been to the mountaintop. They've been to the top of the battle. Miami, this team right here is in the NBA finals against the Lakers. There's only LeBron is probably going to play, not counting this year. He's probably only going to play like two more years. LeBron's 35 years old. Think about that. 35. He's probably going to play two more years. After that, he's going to retire. His young, his oldest boy is like 15, 16 years old. And he's going to be going to college I soon. I think LeBron's, LeBron's going to play, play, play until no more Bronny more is a rookie, and then he gets so. Out. I think Bronny gets drafted his freshman year, 
and then LeBron yeah. will basically retire the year that his son is a rookie. That that would be awesome. Uh, that would be actually unprecedented that I know of, but I'll have to do some homework on that. Um, but you look at the, this Miami team, they're very impressive. The, the fact that they've won two games to me is impressive. Do I think they're going to get run out of the gym Absolutely. on Sunday at 7.30 p.m. <laughs> on ABC? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they're going to get ran out the gym. Jimmy Butler said it. He's laid everything out on the floor that he can. He's tired. Absolutely, he's tired. He's carrying Miami on his back, and that's awesome. You know, the, the, the Lakers are going to run them out of the gym on Sunday. That's what I believe. They're going to cover the spread, whatever that spread is. It, it's not posted yet, but they'll win. Um, for them to go to a game seven with Miami, hmm, I, I think you're you're going to mess around. If they go to game seven, it's like, it'll probably be like you don't even have officials. The referees are going to hold their whistles. So oh, yeah. They ain't going to six. What do you think? You you agree with that? I think it's going to be like game one where they won by like something stupid, <laughs> like 29, like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I'm biased. Um, I, I really look forward to the future. Uh, and the- Interest of time. Uh, and I, I would like to transition to some topics that, you know, you, uh, you've become somewhat of a wine connoisseur. I don't know that you're quite yet a sommelier, as you would say it, but talk to me about uh, so, know, some, uh, a wine that you may have on your mind. We're going to talk about Chianti's um, because Chianti's, I think, are something that's um, a little bit misunderstood. And just for all the people out there, uh, I am not a sommelier, not even a level one som. Uh, I do not – I don't have the palette that my girlfriend has and she has a fantastic palette. Um, so I just, I just, I just really enjoy it. Um, but we're going to talk about Chianti's uh, Chianti's come from the Chianti region of Italy. Um, and it is, it is in Tuscany. So Tuscany is uh, towards the middle top portion of uh, Italy. Um, it is, it is, up near where you would be pulling the boot up, if you will. Um, it's a mountainous region. Uh, Chianti's are most often made from Sangiovese grapes amongst uh, some Merlot and um, something else that I can't remember right now. Um, in the flavor profile, I would put it um, a little bit drier than a Merlot, but not as dry as a Cab. So kind of in that region, um, which which leaves you uh, to feel to to tasting a lot of um, jammy red fruit, um, some tannins. Tannins is like 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 the like the dryness the that like kind of stays on your tongue. Um, but it is you know it is it is great with pastas. Um, you you know you you can put it with red meat, but typically that's reserved for Cabernet. Um, pork, lamb is uh, certainly preferred 
for uh, Chianti's, but uh, it's it's uh, very delicious uh, wine, especially if you if you can find a good one. Um, and then, uh, or you can pair it with a cigar. Um, I uh, I think that a um, you you could go one of two ways with your cigar pairing. Um, I think that uh, a light to medium bod- uh, bodied c- cigar that's going to be like your lighter wrappers um, will help to accentuate the wine. Um, or if you just wanted a lot of flavor and a lot of complexity in your mouth, then you could go for more of like a spicy Maduro and then, and, and then that would just make the wine seem more complex on your palate. Um, and then, as always, just a wine tip, make sure you're serving your wine at the appropriate temperature. And contrary to popular belief, there are specific wine glasses for wines. And so if you put them in the appropriate vessel and you serve it at the appropriate temperature, you will have an entirely new experience with the wine that you were drinking, um, even if you've had that bottle m- multiple times. Okay. Wow. Uh, you said something that I, that's really interesting to me. So a Chianti is between a Merlot and a Cab. Um, you know, I, I've actually shied away from them, uh, but I did not, I thought they were between a Merlot and uh, on the other side of the spectrum versus the between a Merlot and a Cab. Okay. Interesting. Um, why um so you can't have so if i had so the california um no wineries you will you, so, i'm not so, going to get a chianti um, from them as you know uh, hmm. and some of our listeners might know there are things that cannot be called things unless they are made in a certain place so like sh- champagne is only made in champagne bourbon is only made in bourbon Right. Tequila is made in uh, Mexico and has 100 percent agave. Excuse me, 100 percent blue agave. So uh, Chianti is no different. Um, But what you can have is like Chianti like variants or Chianti flavored or Chianti taste or whatever. But you will not get a Chianti proper from anywhere but um, Chianti Italy. So what's the famous phrase or movie that talks about a Chianti? I think uh, it's, is it Silence of the Lambs? Uh, let, me, let me do some quick Googling. In Silence of the Lambs? I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Chianti. Uh, I, I might be dating myself. Because I think he said he um, in Silence of the Lambs, the villain of the movie talked about having a Chianti in uh, you should check it out. It, it uh, it's very interesting. So you're saying, um, uh, oh, a okay. lighter cigar. Uh, I ate his liver with some fava beans. In the right type of glass. And okay. a nice Chianti. That's the quote. Wow. I ate his That's liver awesome. with some fava Say that beans again, please. and a nice Chianti. 
Wow. Okay. I'll have to look, find out what those beans are. Um, and a nice Chianti. Got it. Okay. Um, I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's uh, educational. Um, you know, I, I, I drink wine, uh, Cabernets from uh, all over the world and um, have, have shied away from uh, Chianti. Um, you know, and I'm, I favor American wines, but um, I'm always open to, to new stuff. So thank you. Um, one of the topics I wanted to talk about really briefly, uh, I am huge on, uh, as you know, in corporate America, you know, people always talking to me about jobs. They're talking to me about what's, what are the big trends? What I've found more and more as I've gotten later in my career, uh, there is a, um, there, there's a, a misnomer or a misunderstanding of um, what's important. Absolutely, you should have technical skills. You should be qualified to do whatever job you're doing in whatever industry you're in. But if you were to take a look at when you, we separate people from our business um, or people are fired or asked to leave or they decide to leave, many times it's based on behavior or culture, like 95% of the time. Rarely is someone fired because of lack of skill. And so when you look at, you know, when, when we're talking about different topics uh, as far as um, corporate America and working, regardless of where you are, um, being a, a, a good teammate, having good culture, having the right behaviors, um, that's, that's probably the most important thing. And more and more when people are, when you talk to recruiters, the actual corporate recruiters, not the headhunters, because the headhunters are looking for skill. They're trying to make an assessment of leadership, but more and more they're looking for fit. And when someone, when they talk about fit, when a, a company or a talent acquisition person talks about fit, they're talking about behaviors and leadership. And I, I don't, when I was growing up, in high school, you know, we didn't, they didn't teach behaviors or leadership. They, they focused on different skills. But now, uh, as we try to um, transition the workforce, as the baby boomers are retiring and we're replacing them, it's all about fit and behaviors. It's about leadership. It's about um, being a good teammate, about respect, about manners. And so, you know, I, I just wanted to take a moment to say, hey, focus on um, different leadership skills that you may have. This, this is just a primer. Again, this is episode one of season one, and I'll be hitting you up with different leadership concepts. But when you are at work, take, think about the culture that you work in. Do you feel accepted? Are you... Uh, recognized for your being um, the, the positive things that you do? Are you held accountable for the things that are uh, where there are gaps? Are your coworkers held accountable? 
Um, do you have a um, atmosphere where you feel comfortable that you can have straight talk? Or do you think that um, it, it is more of a political environment? These are all behaviors. These have nothing to do with how much education you have, what type of degree you have, what type of skills you have, behaviors. Leadership and behaviors are, to me, the game changers. One of the things I, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this on this segment is this, is that many times when you get to a certain level in corporations and even in the military, everybody has skill. What separates um, the people at the top is, is, is leadership and their behaviors. Can they be good followers? Are they good listeners? Are they, um, are, do they respect diversity? Not just um, the color of someone's skin, but diversity in thought, diversity in culture, diversity in, um, in, in, in process. Are they willing to, um, to change up the process to improve it, um, to make it more interesting for the team? So uh, I, I would tell you to take a step back in your life and look at, you know, the culture that you are um, giving off, the culture that people are experiencing around you and your teams. Absolutely, you should focus on skill. But what's going to keep you together and what's going to make you go farther are your leadership and the behaviors that you exhibit. Uh, I think that that's a uh, fantastic any, what's your take on that, uh, piece of advice. Um, and um, I'm sure you're going to have many professional nuggets for us. Uh, you know, being that you are, you know, the lead at your manufacturing plant. Um, <laughs> something that I've always found interesting, though, is the um, the double standard for behaviors that are acceptable now versus behaviors that were acceptable, you know, 40 years ago and uh, or even 20 years ago. Um, and I and I and I think that as we grow as a society, the goal post is going to continue to move um and i think that um corporate america i mean i think everywhere um in order for us to be able to grow and be the people that we need to be especially in the professional workplace we also need to acknowledge where we came from and um uh, because there are many practices that um hindered um, minorities uh, and minorities being not just of color, but also women, um, people that were, you know, you know, people that are uh, LGBTQIA plus um, and others. And, you know, they were ostracized or kept out of certain positions, even though they had the skill and they probably were the right fit, but no one would, you know, but they weren't the right fit. And um, I think that we'll see that pendulum swing probably a couple more times uh, towards a couple uh, other um, individuals. Um, I think a great example of that is the Wells Fargo CEO or, um, you know, stating that, you know, there weren't enough, you know, th there just isn't a large pool of black professionals um, able to, you know, fill the spots. And, and that's why they're having, 
you know, they have a diversity problem. Um, it seems like Wells Fargo can't go a year without having some sort of major scandal about their terrible business practices. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, fit is the reason why we have very few women CEOs. I think fits the reason why we have, you know, very few, uh, CEOs or board members of color. Um, and especially women of color. Um, and so while I appreciate fit, um, I think that the strength lies in the, uh, the diversity and skills of the cast. Um, and then the general assumption that, you know, that everyone's a good, decent human being, or at least will act like it. Um, but, um, I think that there is a lot of merit to, um, ensuring that you, you know, keep your nose clean. Um, and, you know, staying out of trouble. Um, but I also think that there are some hindrances to staying out of trouble because um, if the system is not necessarily conducive to you succeeding uh, or, you know, you doing the same thing as someone else but getting a different punishment, um, that's where fit can be called into question. Um, interesting perspective. Um, we, um, absolutely. We need to go further on this, uh, due to time. I I'd like to, to close it out here. Thanks for, uh, uh, everyone listening. Thanks, George, for being the co-host, uh, of, uh, episode oh, yeah. one, season one, uh, more, much more to discuss. Thank you.